Good evening. Good evening. Thank you so much for coming on this auspicious occasion of Govardhan Puja. Uh, I would imagine you would be expecting a class on Govardhan Puja, but um, I more or less stick with the theme of what I've been speaking from, so uh, we're going to continue uh, with our discussions of Shiva Goswami's Paramatma Sandarbha. Paramatma Sandarbha, as you know from our earlier discussions, is um, is divided into three parts. The first dealing with the Paramatma manifestation of the Supreme Lord Himself uh, and His relationship with the manifestation of the material world. Uh, as Karna Dakshai Vishnu, Kashir Dakshai Vishnu, and Garba Dakshai Vishnu, and as his entering into each universe in a controlling capacity, uh, wherein he manifests as Vishnu, as uh, he empowers uh, Jiva as Brahma, and uh, also Lord Shiva, thus controlling the modes of material nature. So we are now wrapping up the central part of the Paramatma Sandarbha, which has dealt with the nature of ourselves, the jiva. So we have basically three shaktis um, that are dealt with in the Paramatma Sandarbha. Antaranga Shakti, the Lord's internal potency. Uh, we more commonly in our discussions in this Sangha refer to it as uh, the Sarup Shakti. But uh, Antaranda Shakti, Tatasta Shakti, and Bahiranga Shakti. So we're in the center. We're the Jiva Shakti. Uh, Tatasta Shakti. These two words are the same thing. They're both shaktis or potencies of the Supreme, but they're referred to in two different nomenclatures. So it's a misconception, and we need to understand um, the proper utilization of the nomenclature because there's confusion out there. Now, confusion is not a bad thing. We can make it a bad thing, but naturally confusion is there for us uh, trying to acquaint ourselves with our spiritual natures. Um, and we refer to that uh, as anartha, a stage of spiritual development called anartha nivritti, doing away with the confusion. Uh, an anartha, when ar anartha is something that's desirable. And so we we want Artha in our life. We want good fortune. We want wealth and knowledge and things like that. So, but an Anartha is—it's a misplaced value. It's where we give value to something in our experience that really shouldn't wor warrant our placing value in it, like this body. 
we place value in a body and we we fully uh, relate to it as our very being when in essence it's just a combination of material elements and for all the pleasure it does give us it also gives us a lot of displeasure so it's not really ourselves we're putting value in something that really is not us it has it's it's a, it's a it's a false placement so these anarthas also extend generally we think of anartha uh, or at least when I came into Krishna consciousness, Anartha was more commonly referred to as engaging in sinful life or engaging in, you know, but it goes further than that. And I think a deeper meaning is, is more, more appropriate for the spiritual student as we try to advance. To see Anartha is really a misplaced value. We place value, like we can. We place value in material things or material involvement that really ends up biting us in you know where. We want to enjoy something, and it comes back, and it 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 takes a toll on us. So yes, in a in a very gross way, yes, we do take pleasure in, you know, in sinful activity. So basically, when we when I first came to Krishna consciousness, the main thing it was no meat eating. Don't, don't, don't live at the expense and the suffering of another entity. It's a pretty simple thing, uh, you know. Uh, no illicit sex, no gambling, uh, no intoxication. So yes, those are certainly anarthas, but what does it mean? It means we're putting value in something that really isn't going to pay off in the long run. So similarly, conceptions regarding spiritual life can also be anarthas for us. And there's nothing wrong with those. We have misconceptions regarding our spiritual identity and regarding spiritual existence and regarding the Supreme Lord and how to revive a loving relationship with Him. Nothing wrong with that. But if we become militant and hold on to misconceptions regarding the nature of spiritual life, if we're given an opportunity to enter more deeply into spiritual understanding, if we're, if, if we're afforded uh, a, a teachable moment and we put up walls around ourselves and say, no, no, I learned it this way, it has to be this way. Or if we hold on to preconceived notions regarding spirituality that are only based in our egoic relationship, the relationship of, with our, of our ego to material nature, then what is it an artha, a misplaced value, giving value to a concept or to an involvement that isn't, doesn't really have value, then that anartha can become an aparad. We're actually cutting off the current of spiritual life that 
that's being offered to us. So, as we said when we began this discussion of the Paramatma Sandarbha, it's thick. There's a lot there. And we should not shy away from that. We may not come away from these discussions and from this study of specifically the Paramatma Sandarbha, which is probably the most dense of all the Sandarbhas as far as the different concepts being, because Jiva Goswami is trying to really explain this is the material energy of the Lord. And, well, that's what we're involved in. And we know from our own involvement in it, it's a pretty complex situation. Not only do we have our physical involvement in material energy, we have our psychological involvement in our, our whole uh, misidentification, our egoic involvement with material nature. So back to my point. My point was that Tatasta, the term Tatasta and the term Jiva are the same thing. So it's a misconception or an anartha which we should not allow ourselves to make into an operad by, by adhering to a false definition of this energy of the Supreme Lord. We did not come from Tatasta. We are Tatasta Shakti. That's our nature. That is what we are. It's synonymous with Jiva. So that's what we've been studying. And we're just now finishing up this central part of the Paramatma Sandarbha. And what have we learned in, this, in the first part? We learned about Paramatma himself. In the center part, we're now learning about an energy of Paramatma, which is ourselves. We're the Tatasta Shakti of the Supreme Lord's Paramatma feature. And next, after we finish up in these tonight or in a couple classes here, finish up this center section, we're going to go on and we're going to study the Lord's external potency, Maharanga Shakti. So, Antaranga, Tatasta, and Maharanga. These are the Shaktis of Paramatma. And these are the Shaktis that are active within the Lord's external energy, the material manifestation. So we're not going to have a very long class this evening because Bhakti wanted me to keep it a little short uh, because of other festivities. <laughs> so, but we're going to go over one or two of the of the final anuchetas or sections of the central part of the Paramatma Sandarbha, wherein Jiva Goswami, who has in an, as as a basis for his explanation to us of what we are as a spirit soul. He's 
he's taken as a basis for that explanation four verses from Yamatri Muni, who is from the Ramanuja Sampradaya. And in those four verses, Yamatri Muni has given 21 characteristics of the jiva. I'm going to read the list real quickly. And then I'm going to point out one that's missing, which is another anartha or misconception, which you brought up to Swami in our last discussion, right before last discussion. It's not there. It's not in the list. Now, jivas, we accept jiva as the tattva guru of the, of the whole sampradaya. So he has taken in Sandarbhas, Sandarbha means essence, he's taken the essence of the Bhagavatam and given it to us in a very academic presentation in six Sandarbhas, four dealing with Sambanda, one with Abhideya and one with Parayojan. So if he's gone to this much trouble to point out what the jiva is, we can and and he's he's gone to the Bhagavatam and supported all twenty of one of these characteristics with verses from the Bhagavatam. And now he's going to summarize using two more verses from the Bhagavatam of what we are. And if something's not on that list, we should understand we're probably not that. It's not one of our characteristics. So let's go quickly through the list. We're not a god. We're not a human being. And we're not any other species of life. So don't put any value in those things. Even the god thing. We're not that. It isn't ourselves. We're distinct from the body, the senses, and so on. Whatever you, all this that you relate to as very dear and near to you, you're not that either. <laughs> that we're not that. Sorry. It's never going to end well if we put our value in that. It just isn't. It may be a hundred years, but... It's going to wrap up. <laughs> and let me tell you, three or four days after it wraps up for any one of us, if you haven't thrown us in the fire, uh, you really will wish you would have got rid of us. It's not a value. It's, it's nothing to do with us. We're not inert. We're not mutable. And we're not mere consciousness alone. We're conscious of ourself. We're self-luminous of one form situated in its own essential nature. Conscious pervade the body, pervades the body. This is in the third person here. Intrinsically of the nature of consciousness and bliss, the referent, referent of the pronoun I, 
distinct in each body, atomic, eternal, unblemished, endowed with knowership, endowed with agency, endowed with experiential capacity, is by nature always an integrated part of Paramatma. That's our intrinsic characteristics. What's not on the list? Did you say eternal? Yes. It's, I, it's there. I think I read it. What's not on that list? So much discussion about what? The fact that we have a specific relationship with the Supreme Lord. Now, two things are tied together there. One is we were with Krishna in Galok originally, and therefore we had a relationship with Krishna. That is in, inherent in us. Now, you brought up a very interesting question, and Swami just he sliced and diced it. That philosophy doesn't work. First of all, if there's inherency, and you're in Sakya, and I'm in Santa, and you're in Madhurya, and you're a Brahmin seeking to merge into the Supreme Lord, then if that is inherent, that's part of our inherent Jiva characteristics, What's wrong with this picture? Well, from what I've read, Midoriya is pretty nice. Sakya is pretty nice. I don't really want to merge in Brahman, but you're merging in Brahman. <laughs> and you're in Sakya. And you're in Midoriya. And you're in Vatsalya. And partial. So it doesn't work. It's a, it's a, it's a, it does not in any way fit into what is the nature, the intrinsic nature of the jiva. Because that partiality stands in direct opposition to the nature of the Lord's independent swarup shakti. Okay, thank you so much for your association. Thank you.